From Trailblaze, welcome to Anchored, a podcast that tours you around the past and present of Rhode Island from the comfort of wherever you may be listening from. We're your hosts, Shai. And Elise. And today we're talking about when the Jewish people came to Rhode Island. Elise, we'll be taking a tour today. Okay. From our seats. Thank God. From our butts. Not made for walking. (laughs) These boots ain't made for walking. Sitting. Sitting. So before we begin the tour, uh, we have a few things to take care of first. Okay. Um, I would call it pre-gaming, but I did not bring the Manischewitz. So it's just the pre-tour. All right. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What do you know about the history of the Jewish community in Rhode Island? I know a couple of things. Do you want me to give you real answers? Yeah. I know that we are home to the nation's oldest synagogue, the Turo Synagogue in Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my friend Sue is Jewish. Um, <laughs> I know that my polling place is Temple Bethel <laughs> and um, and that Rosh Hashanah is coming up. Rosh Hashanah is coming up. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy yeah. New Year. Oh, New Year, same me. <laughs> Same me. Mm. Well, okay. So I'm so glad to hear that you know one Jewish person. No, I mean, so. like, there's a whole family. I'm Jewish oh. by proxy, but like, that's a whole different conversation. Fair. Fair. Okay. So uh, today for our tour, we will be covering a few topics. One, why Rhode Island stands out for the history of religion in the United States and how Jews fit into that narrative. Uh, how the Jewish community is a good example of the intersection of American history. And that tolerance does not equal freedom. Ooh. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Um, so this is why it's interesting. I think this whole thing is interesting, but I'm going to have to convince you. Yeah. Well, that you're Jewish. So. That I'm that I'm, I'm Jewish. Um, so as we're learning, this is why it's inter- interesting. As you, our listener, are learning, I am also learning. While I am 50% Jewish, thank you, 23andMe, have a pretty Jewish first and last name, Shana Weintraub. And I get to sit out receiving the cracker and grape juice a la Jesus during the Christmas Eve mass. I'm also that Jew that's never been to a bar about mitzvah, forgets to light the candles after the second night of Hanukkah, and also has not set in foot in a synagogue since, like, nom. Holy moly. I'm more Jewish than you. Because you've been to a bar about mitzvah, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, not a single one for me. Okay. Not. I could probably count on one hand how many times I've been. To synagogue. Oh, I was yeah. like, you just said you didn't go to any. All to, right. Yeah. Um, I've been before, but it's been a long time. So I'm I'm learning. Listeners, I'm learning. That's beautiful. Elise is learning. She probably knows more than I do. We'll figure it out. Um, second, why it's interesting. Uh, the history of Jews in Rhode Island differs from that of other religions coming into the colony at that time. Really? Looking at you, Christians. Hey. Ooh. And also... Number three, it is a reminder that there are other religions in our state that differ from Catholicism. Bishop Tobin? Ooh. Elise, I have a fun fact. Okay. Did you know, as of 2019, Rhode Island is the most Catholic state in the United States, with 42% of the state's population identifying as Catholic. I straight up did know that. 42%. You know I didn't know the 42%, but I did know that we were the most Catholic state in the Union. That is almost half. Mm-hmm. Do you know why we're the most Catholic state in the Union? Um. I I have a couple guesses, but most of them have to do with their feelings about procreation, but <laughs> and contraception. But Ooh. yeah, oh, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. Well, that wasn't my answer. That's not what I had. Okay, I'm sorry. Know, teed up, but um, what I have is that 
In the late 19th century, up until World War II, Rhode Island had the highest percentage of foreign-born residents in the entire country. Ooh. So, and Take a lot that, of, the, other, the other states. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Uh, those being, like, French-Canadian immigrants, Irish-Italian, Portuguese, and Hispanic immigrants. All those tend to be pretty Catholic. Yeah. Pretty cataholic. Oh, yeah. I took a Tudor Sir England class in college, and professor started to talk about the Reformation, and I had to raise my hand and ask what the Reformation was, and she stops. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. Can I uh, – let me ask you. How many of you in here are Catholic? It was about 10 people in the class. Nine people raised their hands. Oh. It's like, oh, so this is just common knowledge in Rhode Island. So I didn't – that's not – Are I was you Catholic? Not, no. I was not there even raised go. near Catholics. My grandfather told me to never trust anybody with thin lips or Catholics. And if they are both, then what was the uh, the the biggest religion in your area? What what um, do Nazarene? Know? Which maybe that's confusing for you because yes, that is the religion from the movie Footloose. <laughs> I've heard of Nazarene before. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of dance and not a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. And then we had like Calvary Baptist, which just feel like like. Christians on horseback is what I thought it was when I was a kid. I had a loose rela- relationship with religion as a as a child. So. And horses, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I just think Calvary. Horses. Calvary. Baptists. Yeah. Okay. So before we start this tour, mm-hmm. after we're done pre-gaming now, do you have any questions about anything I just covered? No. Cool. I'm ready. I'm ready to let's, rumble. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this thing. All right, so before we start talking about God, I'd like to point out that God could be a woman, could be non-binary, but I myself am not the authority on the gender of an entity I haven't spent so much as 24 hours total in my life of 27 years thinking about. So for this episode, okay, if I say God and I use he, him pronouns, just know that I'm thinking of a drag queen okay? because like the beautiful hair, the beige neutral tone Is outfit. Your... Okay. And Birkenstocks. And this is a Pacific Northwest drag queen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Sensible. Okay. Cool. This is an interactive activity. Elise, I handed you a paper with highlighted quotes. Yep. Will you please read that to me? You want me to do it in an accent? Hell yeah. I want you to do it in an accent. No person within the said colony at any time hereafter shall be wise molested. Mm. Um... Punished, disquieted, or called into question for any different and in one matter of religion. All and every person and persons may, at all times hereafter, freely and fully, have to enjoy his and their own judgments and consciousnesses in matters of religious concernments. Throughout the tract and land hereafter mentioned, they behaving themselves peaceably and quietly and not using this liberty or the or that was a I, that's not even a real word. I'm not going to lie. Um, or profanities. It's all old English. I just want to point out nobody can see what I'm reading. It's but all, ye old English. I'll, put, I'll drop the, uh, the excerpt into the show description. Yeah. So everybody can try it out for themselves. Yeah. Nor the civil injury or outward disturbance of any others. Was that clear enough for you? Yeah, and you took a turn where you started to sound a little bit like Voldemort. <laughs> Just a wee bit. Yeah, my colonial goes British real quick, but that's how it works. Well, thank you for reading that. <laughs> thank you for making me read it mm-hmm. on public television. Mm-hmm. Tell- oh, okay, cool. Okay. For those who don't know where that came from, 
which is every single one of our listeners. Every single one of our listeners, unless it's like the state archivist. Hi, Ashley. Rhode Island uh, famously was the first place in North America whose charter provided for religious liberty as a part of the colony's organic law. And what Elise just read was an excerpt of the Rhode Island Charter of 1663. Did you know that? I felt familiar. It felt familiar. Did you ever once in your life memorize the Charter of 1663? No, but I did give a lot of tours about it at the state archives. Like, I mean, at the state house. Mm, so you were in the, in the yeah, Royal Charter the, Museum. The Royal Charter Museum. Mm-hmm. Next to Roger Williams' Prada bag. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one. Mostly just like the little tiny little thing that says talks about Mary Dyer. Mm-hmm. The, the portrait yep. that you stared at. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this charter um, came about after founder of the colony of Rhode Island, Roger Williams, a godly minister, was banished by the Puritans from the Massachusetts Bay Colony for, in quotes, propagating new and dangerous opinions. So like wearing white after Labor Day. It's stylish. I maintain that I will still do it. And I will still get stains on it. So what that basically means, um, dude did, believed in a big man upstairs, but like wasn't super into like the Puritans brand identity mm-hmm. of how they did it. So so he got his steps in after they kicked him out. They got his steps in walking down to the area now known as Rhode Island, uh, had questionable relations with the local indigenous communities and came out of it being like, whoever lives on this land can be any kind of religion they want to be. I don't really give a shit. Do what y'all got to do. Yeah. They had that recorded. That's when they found his Prada bag, <laughs> along with his, tell the people I said this. This was really great for anyone who wanted freedom to live their lives without religious persecution, which totally rocks mm-hmm. for most religions, because, of course, it didn't apply to all religions, of course. And this is where the Jews make their serious appearance, like Owen Hunt does in Grey's Anatomy. People forgot that he wasn't there since the beginning, but he plays a big part. Sorry, it's- that was lost on me because I never watched Grey's Anatomy. But I'm sure, yes, absolutely. So this is where they make their serious appearance and teach a valuable lesson in tolerance not being the same as freedom. Mm. But before we go any further, Elise, do you have any questions? Do you need any clarification? No. Roger Williams got here. He was a Baptist minister. What kind of of religion was was our dubs? (sighs) Great question. I think it's Baptist. Yeah, I think he yeah. was a Baptist. Christian. Yeah, I think he was Baptist. And then that's why he was like, look, if these nutbag Protestants are up there trying to do X. I'm trying to do Y over here. And some, and the Jews are trying to do Z. Yep. <laughs> okay, so we will go on, and this is where our story begins. Okay. Twinkle sounds. <laughs> We're going to kick it back to well before Roger Williams was even a twinkle in his mom's eye. Oh, okay. Okay, so Elise, picture so we this. got there, and now we're going so, all the way yeah, back. We went there, time traveling, there's a TV show about it, got canceled. Okay, picture this, Elise. Mm-hmm. It's 1492. Christopher Columbus? Columbus is sailing the ocean blue. Okay. Not that we asked him to. And the two Catholic monarchs of Spain, Isabella and Ferdinand, issued the Alhambra Decree, which ordered the expulsion of Jews from Spain. One, rude. Two, Isabella and Ferdinand sounds kind of like a folk duo that only wears corduroy, corduroy overalls. Like one is like beige, dark beige, and the other is like forest green. Mm. They don't wear shoes. Basically people who live in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the makeup. Anyway, Bella and Fertilicious Definitious ordered the expulsion of Jews from Spain as a way to eliminate the influence of practicing Jews on conversos who were former Jews that 
converted to Catholicism. Converted being in quotations because they would often still practice their Jewish rituals in their homes. Um, so this is all to say that there was a mass exodus of Jews from Spain. And there's much more to the story that we can't cover in this podcast episode, but this is kind of like the bouillon to our story. You don't need a lot of it. Please don't use a lot of it. But it's important, and you need to know that it's here. Okay. Yeah. Are you surprised to know that I ate bouillon cubes when I was growing up? I, I, I'm just, I don't know how you ate them. I don't like. I'm not sure exactly. Like, I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to let you take me on this ride because you're the driver, and I don't like backseat drivers. So cool. Well, go I ahead, my friend. I have a question for you. Thank God. <laughs> back. You to get me. to talk. I'm so over this. Throw it back. <laughs> so like that, getting kicked out. Yeah. Big stuff. At least, what would you do if you were banned from a whole country? It depends on what country it is. I know for the little that I do know about my my Jewish friends um, is that they love a good warm climate, hence Florida. Um, so to be kicked out of Spain, I'm sure, was a little kind of rocky for them. Um, that being said, if I was banned by a whole country, I would hope it was like Serbia. <laughs> like some place was super cold that I didn't want to go to really in the first place, except Russia? for maybe like find – I want to go to St. Petersburg in okay. Russia. Like, there's just certain places. What about Luxembourg? I go to Luxembourg. I go to Russia. I don't really want to get kicked out of any country or banned from any country. Yeah, that'd be kind of... I don't know what I did to bummer. you guys. Why'd you guys kick me out? That'd be a huge bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe smuggled, like, a plant across the lines? I don't know. No. All you gotta do is check it. They never, they never actually check. They just ask you questions. And if you have trusting eyes, they let you in. Ask me about how I smuggle cheese. Elise. <laughs> Just look them in the eyes. That is you got hard. cheese in there? No. No. See? Done. No cheese. It was wrapped up in a cool pack and everything. Joke's on you, customs. Amazing. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. But yes, thank you for that. So now, buckle up. There's no seatbelts. It's like a school bus here. We're fast forwarding two centuries. Okay. Like huge whiplash. And the Jews are beginning to arrive in Rhode Island at the turn of the 18th century. Welcome. Uh, The ones that came to Rhode Island came via places like the Caribbean and Amsterdam and London and Brazil, where they ended up following the exodus from Spain. So they're in Rhode Island. They're doing their thing. They form what is now the second oldest Jewish congregation in the United States, as you previously mentioned. The oldest congregation being in... um, in New York City, I believe. I thought we were home. I thought Torah Synagogue was the first synagogue in the country. So it's the oldest synagogue in the country because the congregation in New York City Ooh. tore down their building. So it's the oldest yes. remaining. We'll take it. Bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. All right. Oldest. Thank you for that. Um, so they build this. Uh, they have this congregation. They create this congregation. And they eventually come to realize, like, we're staying here so long that we're dying. Oh. Yeah. So they built a cemetery. Oh, okay. Like in t- like of natural causes. Yeah. Oh, they weren't just like so homesick. They just like fell over. They like, saw, they the saw way how that beautiful you, Rhode Island was. Yeah, and they the died. Way, yeah. The way you phrased it sounded like, oh, we've been here a minute. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah. I'm verklempt. That was super Jewish. I don't know if you got that, Shay. I did. I, again, Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Jewish. So this is kind of like they came here. It's kind of like college. Like you go there thinking it's temporary. Mm. And then after you graduate, you're like, 
I'm here. I already I'm have staying. a lease. <laughs> I already have a lease. <laughs> I can now start buying furniture that's harder to move. Yeah. And I can start settling down a little bit. So congregation, created congregation, created a cemetery for their dead people. Well, but, they've got very specific ways of burying people, so it makes sense. That's fair. They got their own. Yeah. yeah. You got to honor your own. Mm-hmm. True, true. True, true. So what is something else? How is this? How else is this like college after you graduate college and you decide to stay somewhere? What do you need? Um, a partner to keep you here? <laughs> Not everybody is gay, Elise. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Okay. Fair. You need a couple of restaurants. I mean, at the very least, a kosher mm-hmm. cater. Well, like, to, <laughs> like, what do you? <laughs> you got a build, nice Jewish. We've family. already got a yeah. We've already got a synagogue. Now we got to eat. Where are we going to go after temple? But how do you buy those things? What do you buy them with? Money. Buy, yes. So how do you get money? Um, you work. Right. Bingo. <laughs> ding ding ding. Oh, okay. There we go. We got there. <laughs> so they they got they got to work. They got to work. And Jews are still looked at as an, the other in Rhode Island, even though the colonists also just, like, left somewhere where they weren't welcome to come here. Yeah. So it's, like, these imaginary rules that they're creating. So they want to create wealth for themselves and, theoretically, future generations if they're staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, while they're maybe living their best lives in Newport, and they actually— became the first non-Christians to receive protection in Rhode Island, like I said, still seen as others. What do you mean protection? Like a vest? Like, you know, hard hat? They were given, Winter like, gloves? Really? There was laws that, I, I mean, they could be in Rhode Island, um, but it's like once you're in Rhode Island, like, we're not going to give you everything, but we're going to give you more than somebody else got or would have given you. I don't follow. What do you mean? Like, so if somebody moved here, like it was like social welfare? I have to know what social welfare means. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it means, my friend? <laughs> cool. You said they were the first to give to get protection. So they were they received protections as other religious people would in. Oh, OK. Yeah. Religious protections and things like that, like freedom, like civil rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, civil liberties. Yes. It's a whole different thing. So, yeah, um, they weren't afforded all of the imaginary rights that were created for fun that the colonists had. Which leads me to my next point. Okay. Elise, would you pick up that paper that I gave you? And on the back side, there are five names. If these are old English. Will you please read those names? Yeah. Mordecai Campanol, Moses Pacheco, or some people call, call it Pacheco. We'll figure it out. Abraham Burgess, Simon Mendez, and Rachel Mendez. Not to be confused with Sean Mendez. Nope. He was not here yet. Judging by their names and where we're going with the story, what do you think they did? What do you think of them? Take a wild guess. Four dudes and a and a woman, based on their names alone. Um, a sitcom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come and knock on my door. <laughs> exactly. In the 1680s, these five tested the British navigation laws, which prohibited aliens from engaging in mercantile trades. And in 1684, the Rhode Island General Assembly assembled and concluded that the group was able to conduct business and that they were entitled to the full protection of the law as resident strangers. And that's like fine and nice. And it's like, cool, we got that. But Rhode Island only did that because the Jewish community was growing and they knew they could make money off of a growing community. And it's like... It's like Plant City and vegans. 
How? Build it and they will come. <laughs> it's a growing community. Let's charge $17 for a waffle that's somehow vegan now. You know, they don't have a drop of honey in that place. Which... What if there's a bee union that needs to be paid? <laughs> just... There's like a hive underneath the, the awning. It's just like, man, we're just trying to sell our, our union honey. Amazing. Okay, so the Jewish community can now conduct mercantile business, right? Mm-hmm. And because they're in Rhode Island, they begin to take up business in the trading industries that come through Rhode Island. That makes sense. Do you know what industries those are um, or some of them? No, I'm not going <laughs> to. Some of these industries include spermaceti candles, rum, chocolate, chocolate, and the slave trade. Yeah, I, f- I assumed it was going to be the shocker. Yeah, the human slave trade. Mm-hmm. The one that Rodan doesn't talk about. Yep. What was the first one, though? Spermaceti candles. It is a thank you for asking. You yeah, you're ask, welcome. But your eyes are asking. Yeah. Spermaceti candles are a type of candle that is made from fat from the head of a whale. Oh, from a sperm whale? Sure. Oh, okay. So I will. thought it was some sort of weird, like, witchcraft contraceptive. So it was like spermicidal candles. Like, if you light this candle, you're not going to, your girl's not going to get pregnant. Like, that's how I read that or heard that. Oh, yeah. No, it just, right? it's a better product. It doesn't <laughs> less smoke. Whale fat, whale fat, whale fat candles. Mm-hmm. Go All down right. to uh, the whaling museum in New Bedford. I've been there. It's really nice. Yeah, it's a whale of a time. I'm holding my breath in protest from that joke. <laughs> Some of these industries include spermaceti candles, rum, chocolate, and the slave trade. Because even persecuted populations are still able to do really shitty, problematic things. They're not mutually exclusive. No, I. I'm going to take a moment to talk about this part of the story and send up a signal to Elise and I's favorite new superhero, critical race theory person. <laughs> Woo! What would the signal be? Um, a textbook? <laughs> um, I think it would be just like that little square. Like, you know, like from Mario Brothers, like a little square with a question mark in it. Mm-hmm. It's just that. Like, let's just unpack this. Let's see what we can find. Yeah. Let's see what we can find. It's okay to ask questions. So some of those who denounce... The idea of critical race theory and are trying to get it banned in schools would probably stop at this point in the podcast and ask, why do we need to talk about slavery when we're talking about Jews? This isn't the same part of American history. Well, unnamed state representative named Patricia Morgan, it is. Those who are pushing to ban critical race theory argue that histories in America are mutually exclusive and that black history is separate from American history. But that's not true. American history is black history. And every single part of our history has been touched by the North American slave trade in some way, shape, or form. So, yes, even Jewish history. Yeah. So. Jewish American history. Jewish American history. Thank you. Yes. Just wanted to be clear. Because at one point in Egypt, they were slaves. You're not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Just want to. Not wrong. So Newport, Rhode Island is home to our country's oldest synagogue. As you said, the Toro Synagogue, this structure, um, it is an incredible embodiment of the resiliency of Jewish communities everywhere, you know, standing the test of time. It's been there for a hot second. Um, There's a lot to say about this building, but there's one piece of history about that building that's the most important part, or not the most important part, but it's a key part for our story. And that is that it used to be a stop on the Underground Railroad. Allegedly. Allegedly. Their website told me. You don't know. Were you there? Yeah, we don't. You know. were there. You were there. No, I was not. There. You were not there. No. You're not that old. No, you look like it. Oh, you do look. You look very young. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
So the Underground Railroad was a network of secret routes and safe houses established in the United States during the early to mid-19th century. It was used by enslaved African-Americans primarily to escape into free states and Canada. And so they would stop in Newport, Rhode Island. Pick up Adele's. Pick up Adele's, you know, as you do. It's the summer. The thing about that is being a stop on the Underground Railroad paints these folks as benevolent northerners. But Uh as we'll find out later... That's not the case. Womp womp. Yeah. Uh, The synagogue in question, Torah Synagogue, is actually directly tied to the slave trade through a hospital in New Orleans that shares the same name. Oh, shit. Because as Rhode Island goes, it's the same family. The Toro Infirmary was founded in 1852 by businessman Judah Toro. This Toro was the son of Isaac Toro, for whom the Toro Synagogue in Newport is named for. Say Toro one more time. Toro. Toro. The infirmary was strategically built along a body of water to where uh, slave ships would dock. And because of its proximity to these ports, a lot of their patients were enslaved people who arrived with a number of health problems. Um, And in fact, actually, 47% of all patients prior to the Civil War at the infirmary were enslaved people. Um, The infirmary would care for them and nurse them back to health, but not because they were concerned with their health or the welfare of them as people, but because uh, slave traders were selling these people for profit and knew that the healthier they were, the more that they could sell them for, the healthier they were, more likely they were to have children, which would also turn into, for them, more profit. Um, But same Toro family. Yeah. Um, Some could weakly argue that this wasn't happening in Rhode Island, so we don't have to think about it, but first, bullshit. Uh, two, it's, um, you're wrong. Yeah. Bullshit. You're wrong. They were, t- Rhode Island Jews were tied to the slave trade, be it directly or indirectly. So let's start with indirectly because it's not as obvious. We're going to just pull that back real quick. Everyday folks in Newport, Jewish or not, were profiting from the slave trade. Maybe not monetarily, but effects of the industry were felt through how much money passed through between community members, um, the clothes they wore, the services they paid for, the food they ate. Basically, if you're in a community where one person is directly profiting from the slave trade, you're indirectly profiting from it as well. So that's indirectly. Directly, enter Aaron Lopez. And before I go further, Elise, I'd like to point out that Colonial Rhode Island was full of old, fun old colonial names like Welcome and my favorite, Dorcas. Welcome was somebody's first name? Yeah. Roger Williams had a child named Welcome. Okay. Yeah, welcome, Williams. Check on that, Gwyneth Paltrow, your goofy kid Apple. Uh, so they had welcomes and Dorcases, uh, but they also had Chads and Aarons hanging around. Like They're acting like total Chads and Aarons because, by and large, if you name your son Chad or Aaron, you've historically set them up to be a douchebag. Ooh. Hot mm-hmm. take. Yeah, I personally know one Aaron. That's a nice guy, so thank you, Aaron McKenna, for holding down the good guy fort on your fellow Aarons. You're doing a good job, bud. Uh, But Aaron Lopez was definitely in the former camp of being a douchebag. Why? Because he was at one point the wealthiest merchant in all of Newport, and he was Jewish. But being Jewish isn't what made him a douchebag. To be clear, what made him a douchebag was that he made a lot of money from the slave trade. Uh, Over the course of 13 years, Aaron was responsible for 21 different slave ships coming and going from Newport. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. That's Yeah. So this is all to say, like, Aaron is a complicated character, right? Um, He was prominent in the Newport community. 
even outside of the Jewish community because of his business pursuits. Um, but he was also afforded less rights than his contemporaries like the Brown family because he was Jewish. So while this man was of high status um, in the colony of Rhode Island and probably made the same colony a lot of money, he wasn't allowed to vote or hold public office because he was Jewish. Mm. Mm -hmm. So to wrap up, Elise, I want to reiterate a few points that were made in this episode. One, religious tolerance does not equal religious freedom. To think that it's enough to tolerate some people is just shameful. We want to actually strive for real freedom, equity, not just tolerating people. Rude. And two, history is complex and none of it is mutually exclusive. None of it stands alone and is only affected by itself. Everything is connected somehow, some way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we're ending, Elise, what do you make of all this? I just, there, I learned a lot. You did. <laughs> I learned a lot. I'm interested in the Turo Synagogue. I'm also now like interested in, because there's a, it, I got a lot. I got a lot going through my head. I'm, I am aghast. You are aghast. <laughs> I am aghast. I got a lot of questions that I'm going to have to figure out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. Well, I'm glad that you had questions and I'm glad that you enjoyed this and that you're walking away from it wanting to learn more i am walking away wanting to learn more isn't that the point of all tours edutainment edutainment yeah saya my favorite part of this whole thing was you reading the excerpt it's in old english there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of extra e's and y's and stuff Mm -hmm. like freely normal fully f-u-l-l-y-e full yay full ye yeah. Full ye, full ye. So, no, absolutely. I'm just, the 21 ships is a lot. And, like, that's just one guy being responsible for that, like, really shows you, like, the breadth in which this was a full-on, full port. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that's just, it's it's insane. Yeah. It's, I mean, any any history in Rhode Island, you can bet that it touched the North American slave trade. Yes. Somehow, some way. And I hope that by doing this episode, um, you, Elise, and also our listeners learn a little bit more about our state's history so that you can take that with you wherever you go. Um, yeah. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. Happy Rosh Hashanah. It's New Year, new me, new information. Is there any call to action that you have for the Jewish community besides inviting you over for Shabbat dinner on Friday? Um, can somebody teach me how to? Make a brisket. Yeah. I mean, you should just buy it. I mean. Eastside Marketplace. Eastside Marketplace. I mean, I'll I'll bring the latkes. Mm-hmm. You make the brisket. All right. They'll check it in. So everybody who is listening in, join us on social media and let us know what you thought about this episode. You can find us at Anchor the Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Chat with us. Have a convo with us. We want to know what you're thinking. But until then, stay salty, everyone. Stay salty. That was sensual.